is Niall Boylan with you for the next hour or so. And we want to get your views today. Remember, of course, your opinions are what really, really matters on this show. So you can text or WhatsApp at any stage at 085 100 There's the number on the screen, 085 100 Today, we're going to be talking about this politically turbulent weekend we've had and the week ahead. Of course, possibly tomorrow will be worse for Helen McEntee, but we will find that out tomorrow afternoon. Helen McEntee, according to the Irish Independent, and I don't know where they get their figures from, public support for the embattled Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, has increased, according to the Irish Independent, in the wake of the Dublin riots, and with more than half of the people believing she should not resign uh, from Cabinet. I don't know, maybe she wrote this herself, I'm not too sure. Ahead of the Sinn Féin No Confidence motion, uh, the Fianna Gael TD, that'll be tomorrow, the latest think poll from the Sunday or the Irish Sunday Independent has found that 38% of people are satisfied with her performance. I don't know who they are. Maybe it was a poll of her family members or friends or something like that. I'm a little bit unsure. Uh, Whilst uh, more than 49% are not satisfied. I'm assuming the rest just didn't have an opinion. Now, half of those polled also believe the Garda Commissioner, Drew Harris, who is also facing calls for Sinn Féin and other opposition parties to step down, should not resign in the wake of the riots, uh, while 41% believe he should, and the rest obviously didn't know. Now, according to our poll on Twitter, which is much bigger than the Think poll, can I just point out, but then again, not scientifically correct either, because you're always going to have a bias either way, 20,000 people voted on our Twitter poll. That's 20,000 unique votes because, of course, Twitter doesn't allow you to vote twice. So it couldn't be just all members of her family clicking it or whatever it happened to be or people who didn't like her clicking it. 20,000 people almost voted. 78% said she should go. Only 4% said they didn't know. And 18%, who I'm very concerned about, believe she's doing a great job. Marvellous. Spiffing. They believe Ireland is just such a wonderful place to live at the moment. Now, there is no doubt she's making lots of mistakes. And there is no doubt the Justice Department is under scrutiny at the moment when it comes to the average person saying they're feeling unsafe on the streets. And the reasons given by people, generally speaking, when we look to the comments on our Twitter pollers, immigration are out of control, lack of deportation orders, and the very fact that she seems to have no idea, according to a video on Grip Media, of actually how many deportation orders were enforced, lack of Garda Síochána, increase uh, in random crimes on the streets and assaults on the streets, and no confidence in the Commissioner Harris. They're the reasons people give as to why she should resign. The minister seems obsessed with her pet project of hate speech laws and silencing anybody who might be anti-establishment. And that seems to be the view of most. And the introduction of facial recognition cameras and hate speech laws as a reaction to the random attack last week on school children and the teacher, of course. And, the, and last this was last week, of course, and the rise in murders in 2022 may be a reason why people are feeling a little bit unsafe. Increasing guard numbers and the presence uh, on the street is what people are looking for but Simon Coveney said there is an increase well certainly for the next three or four weeks up to Christmas but what's going to happen after Christmas is it going to be a ban on overtime again and they will all disappear suddenly off the streets again probably but do you have faith in her in her position or is it a poison chalice and that can happen too by the way in a ministerial role sometimes you can have a poison chalice a, a position I suppose that has gone beyond the point of repair like we have with the housing crisis um, so I want to know, do you feel safe on the streets of Ireland? Do you believe the Minister for Justice is doing a good job? Is the state safe? Let me know what you think. The number is 085 Before I go to Pat and Tobin from Aintu, I spotted this video over the weekend. And when I say the police are doing a good job at this very moment in time, maybe they don't know actually what they're doing because they seem to be 
over-policing the state. Have a look at this little video, and I can't say what happened before because we don't know, but it does seem that four peaceful protesters with signs saying Leo out now, which is fair, I mean, you're entitled to peacefully protest and say Leo should go, uh, were accosted by a guard of Shia and had their signs removed. And if you watch the video, they're very cooperative. Go ahead, watch, play that video there. Oh, it's not working. I know you can't see this if you're watching online or you're listening online, but the guards are peacefully taking their signs off. Signs say Leo out now. They're not violent, they're not abusive. They just seem confused, if you ask me. Now, the guard has just said she's taking them under Section 8. Now, Section 8, of course, is the Public Order Act. And while you're watching that video, I'll tell you what the Public Order Act Section 8 is. A person without lawful authority or reasonable excuse is acting in a manner which consists of loitering in a public place in circumstances which may include the company of other persons that give rise to a reasonable apprehension for the safety of persons or the safety of property or for the maintenance of the public peace. Now, I don't think they were causing a problem there. It didn't look like anybody was... He looks just confused. It didn't look like anybody was in any danger. So there you can see, they took away their posters. Let me go to Padder Tobin from A2. Padder, good afternoon and welcome along to the show. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? I'm sure you've watched that video. There's kind of a bit of over-policing being done at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, well, I, I think the Gardaí are in, at sixes and sevens currently. I don't, I don't believe that they know exactly what they're doing at the moment. And there's no doubt after the riots that happened uh, two weeks ago, that there's going to be probably an overreaction for a couple of weeks until, you know, a, a, um, a balance is found in relation to this. And the Guardi came under massive criticism for their lack of action on that date. So, you know, what we often see after that is uh, uh, over-policing as such. But I will say just from the outset, uh, I do think that there is a major crisis now within the Guardi and also with the Minister for Justice. And um, there's the Minister for Justice, first of all, her... Legacy for the last four years has been of a guard of force that has been whittling away, where numbers have been falling, where Gardaí have been attacked, uh, where the whole uh, confidence and morale and recruitment has been on the floor, where crime and antisocial behaviour is increasing radically. The second issue is obviously the Dublin riots itself, where it was a, was a shocking display, first of all, uh, but also it was you know rank confusion amongst Gardaí in terms of what they were meant to be doing, and um, Gardaí only being mobilised on the basis of WhatsApp, and um, messages, um, I know of Gardaí who, who literally were, were mobilised at 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock, who went to Santry, who couldn't find helmets, couldn't find shields. And what, uh, what's, what's, what's bizarre about that is the minister herself on primetime and in many other interviews said they had been monitoring closely social media during the day and that she even gave out about Twitter, of course, and tagged Twitter in one of the tweets from Fine Gael, uh, monitoring Twitter to see that people were mobilising or the extreme right wing were mobilising um, to be in town that night. So it's just, it's astonishing that it wasn't more organised, that Gardaí were literally private WhatsApping each other, you know, saying, get your ass in here, we've got a huge problem. And this is at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, so, so Gardaí were WhatsApping them, uh, each other for the purpose of just defending and, and, and protecting the safety of other Gardaí because they could see from, from what they were hearing that Gardaí's lives were being put on the line. Absolutely. And I think that's a very crucial point that the minister and the, the senior Gardaí management in their lack of action on the day put Gardaí lives on the line. And, you know, I, that confusion and, and craziness... The, is the responsibility of the minister. And the third issue that I have a difficulty with the minister is that the minister has been distracted by the culture wars. 
So the bread and butter issues that are affecting, uh, you know, communities right through the country in terms of crime and antisocial behaviour, you know, the, she hasn't been focusing on that for the last four years. She's been focusing on bills like the hate speech bill, uh, et cetera. And, you know, the Department of Health is looking at ways of, of banning, you know, um, pro- peaceful protests and silent prayer outside of abortion clinics, for example. Well, what I find about when you talk about the culture wars, what I find bizarre is that she finds it necessary to con- constantly talk about this hate speech bill. And it's been in the news, as you know, for the last year, particularly. And, you know, that we need these laws updated to tackle, you know, serious crime nowadays, to tackle the start of crime or people inciting hatred. And yet she was quite adamant the other day that individuals would be questioned by Angarda Shikana and investigated and charged for incitement to hatred on posts that were put on social media. So clearly the law that was there already from 1989 does the job or the clearly they can charge and prosecute people based on that. So it, bl- it just blinds me completely as to why we need new legislation or why the new legislation is even needed in the first place. Uh, but in relation to her, co- the confidence in her, Sinn Féin, of course, have tabled a motion of no confidence in the minister. Do you think she'll survive this tomorrow? She probably will, won't she? I think she will survive. And she'll survive basically because the government don't want an election. Because the Greens, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael know that if an election were called, uh, many of their TDs would be in big trouble. And this, it'd be like Turkey's literally voting for Christmas if uh, they weren't to back the minister on this. Uh, but the minister's record is appalling. It has been a disaster. And, um, you know, the I've been putting in a lot of parliamentary questions in the last two years on this. Gardaí are being attacked every single day violently uh, in this country. They, there's been a collapse in morale in the number of Gardaí. There's been a collapse in the number of people who have applied to Templemore for recruitment. And, um, you know, we have, for the first time ever, more resignations than retirements happening in the Gardaí. And, you know, we hear this rhetoric that they're investing in more Gardaí number all the time. The up-to-date figures that I have show that there's more Gardaí either retiring or or um, resigning than there still is being recruited in Templemore. So the numbers are still going in the wrong way. In we, we've less Gardaí Shikana now than we had, I believe, in 2010. I, I think that's the figure, and somebody can correct me on that, but I believe we've less now than we had in 2010, around 13,500 guards. And as you rightly said, more are retiring than being recruited. Now, I know there was a recruitment halt uh, during COVID, of course, and there was also a recruitment halt after Alan Shatter's tenure back in 2011, 2012, which reduced the number of Garda Shikanas and Garda stations. But we should be past that point now, and we should be back up to around 15,000 when we take into consideration the increase in the population. But leaving everything else aside, the increase in the population is an important thing to talk about. The debate around immigration seems to be happening everywhere apart from within the doll. Yeah, that's the point I've been making. That it, in, in houses right across the country, people are discussing uh, migration. Every house, possibly except one, that's the houses of the Iraqis. And our job are chocolate dolly. That means in Irish, messengers of the people. Our job is to bring the discussions that are happening in communities across the country into the national parliament and have the debate in there. And we in AIM2 have consistently said since our foundation in 2019 that we have to have a debate in the political system around migration. Uh, it has to be a respectful debate, we believe. And if we don't have that debate, we are forcing that debate on the ground and it will be had by those who are ne'er-do-wells who will look to use that debate for their own uh, particular uh, political objectives. And, and that's one of the big mistakes that the political class is making. I was asked to have a, a debate on a, on a radio station uh, last week on it. The radio station contacted 16 TDs to come up against me in relation to that debate. None of them would. And as a result, I had to be the only TD 
who is on. Well, I, I can tell you now. If I contacted sixteen TDs, Fianna Fáil, um, I did contact a few today, by the way, uh, to come on, and they all weren't available when they heard the topic. So, um, anybody you contact, particularly around immigration, or indeed on a vote of no confidence tomorrow, that you'll contact from Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael, they will not be available to come on. They are only available when it's something positive, or only available when it's something unrelated to immigration, because they're terrified to actually talk about it. And we cannot, as the, Leo Varadkar has suggested, that we shouldn't be putting the two conversations together, i.e. the increases in crime and people's safety and uh, the fact that we've seen more random crimes on the streets and that that's CSO statistics over the last two or three years and immigration or the increase in population that we can't put the two and two together and make four. And I think people are doing that and I think it's fair of people to have that conversation and if it's not true, it's not true but let's have the conversation. We've also had a situation where by, our own, by his own admission, we've let too many people into the country. 76% of the population seemingly are right-wing head cases. Uh, according to a Red Sea poll, because everybody is saying we've let too many people into the country over the last year, but yet they refuse to have the conversation. So why are they not listening to the people? Yeah, so Ainto's perspective on this is very, very clear. So we believe, we, we do believe that we have to have compassion, but also common sense when it comes to this debate, that it must be respectful. We do understand that you know, we do have a responsibility in terms of trying to protect people who are fleeing war and violence, but we also believe that it has to be sustainable we also recognize the fact that many people who are immigrants have made a fantastic contribution to this country. And as Republicans, we want to have a society where everybody's treated equal, no matter what, what their background is. But the problem is that the government themselves, you know, are not in control of the system. So, you know, it was A2PQ that found out that between 2018 and 2022, 5,000 people uh, got deportation orders. But it was our PQ that found out that only 15% had actually been deported. But the vast majority, the government didn't know what happened to well, them. Well, the minister, Hannah so, McEntee, was asked this question by Grip Media, how many people had actually been deported. She didn't know the answer. She she could she just couldn't find the answer. She was similar in the UK when Richie Sunak said the same thing to his ministers. How many people have been deported in the last two years? They didn't know the answer. He said, okay, I'll make it easier for you. The last year, they didn't know the answer. I'll make it easier again, he said to these civil servants. The last week, they didn't know the answer. I mean, so they're having the same problem in the UK that we're having here is that we don't know. You hand somebody a deportation order and you say, look, we don't want you here. Either you don't fit the criteria or there's a problem with your application. Bye-bye. And they're not leaving. So first of all, it's crazy to invest hundreds of millions of euros into a process to differentiate between real asylum seekers and those who are not real asylum seekers. And at the end of the process, literally the outcome is the same for both cohorts anyways. But we've also put into parliamentary questions to the minister, for example, to find out how many people are coming through the north of Ireland uh, from Britain uh, into the south in terms of uh, inter the international protection system and the minister has shrugged her shoulders and says she doesn't know the vast majority of people are now registering their application for international protection at the international protection office and not the airport and not the the, the, the ports around the country which shows a significant chunk or either coming on visas and then when their visa finishes they apply for mm -hmm. uh, international protection or they're coming through belfast uh, and learn uh, in, in relation to that. So the government doesn't know what's happening in, in terms of that. 5,000 people came in last year without travel documents, and the, the government doesn't know where, where they're coming from. What we're simply saying is, if they come from another European country, if they come from Paris or Berlin, they have to have a travel document to get on the flight. And if, if that is the case, their cases should be investigated in relation to that. 
that, you know, the con- there's no consultation happening with local communities. No. We actually no, think no. that the government is doing nothing in terms of integration. This is a really important point, uh, Niall, because all the government seems to be doing is bringing people to the nearest accommodation that they can find. After that, it's up to the local community to deal with any other issue that might uh, come out of that. And, and that's not proper integration. I believe that the government's actions are actually leading to the difficulties that we're having across the country. And the reason, and the reason of, of course, we're talking about the Minister for Justice for tomorrow. Just stay with me, Padder, for a second, because I want to go to Jackie Healy Ray as well, uh, who's just on the phone. Jackie, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. Good, good afternoon you, to you, your listeners, and to Padder. Uh, you've been listening to Padda there. We're talking about, of course, the Minister for Justice and a, the vote of confidence or no confidence, as the case may be, tomorrow. She most likely will survive this because Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, as Padda rightly pointed out, be terrified of having an election. Uh, before, well, not before Christmas, certainly. It wouldn't happen, but certainly early in the new year. So, realistically, I mean, do you believe that we should have confidence in a Minister for Justice who seems obsessed with, but as Padda says, culture wars over the last two years? Well, I certainly don't have confidence in the Minister for Justice. And I know that my father, Deputy Michael Healy Ray, will be uh, voting no confidence in her uh, this week. Not necessarily, Niall, uh, in relation to solely the events of uh, last week, but more so over the fact that she has, that the Minister for Justice has confidence in a Garda commissioner that doesn't have the confidence of the Garda members, the rank-and-file Gardaí, of, of over 99% of them voted no confidence in him very recently. And I think morale within the Gardaí is at an all-time low. We've seen, we've seen um, uh, evidence of that again this week uh, in relation to Gardaí members of the of Garda Shikhan who rallied themselves and self-deployed themselves in the night of the riots and, and the lack of organisation that clearly in place at, at, a, at management level, at the commissioner's level. Um, it's not good enough. Um, and clearly uh, there's a lack of mishandling and a total lack of coordination. And again, when it comes to the rank and file guardian members, who are the, who are the front face protecting our, our country every day of the week, um, the morale is at an all-time low. Through but the but not just the morale, not that, just the morale, the numbers. I mean, as Padre, right, or I said to Padre earlier yeah. on, 14,377 guards in 2010, we now have 13,500. And we have a population yes. increase of probably a million people in that space of time. Yes. So, and I mean, we, that's and, ridiculous, yes, isn't it? Yes, and we, ha- and we have a situation now where we're going to have the government trying to blast the numbers of Gardaí that have been taken into the Garda College by having been taken the 27th for an induction day, I'm led to believe. Literally, they'll be up for a day on the 27th of December. Never in its life before happened, but just so that the government will be able to come out and say, because I believe the numbers at the moment that have gone through the college this year, they budgeted for 800, but it's, it's currently at 600-odd, and that they're going to bluster that number by having a, a one-day induction on the 27th of December in order to get Gardaí into the college so that they'll be able to say that they reached their target for the year. Such nonsense. Okay, in, in relation to the other things, quickly, before I come back to Pather, um, you know, you're saying that Michael Healy will be voting no. Uh, Pather, I'm assuming, will be voting no tomorrow. Pather, I never asked you, but I assume yes. you are voting no. Uh, and also, That's many fine. other many other independents will probably vote no. But look, it's going to go through. She, she won't be voted out. Yes. That, that's quite clear, which is bizarre. Because when we look back at her, the history of Helen McEntee, I mean, all we've really heard about over the last two years is in relation to hate speech laws. I mean, we've heard that on numerous yes. occasions. I mean, 
that seems to be her little pet project. And now, of course, you know, the reactionary government over the last two weeks since the riots have talked about facial recognition cameras, which I know the um, Irish Council for Civil Liberties have an issue with. Uh, but that's a whole other debate. Uh, I have no issue personally with them, by the way, provided people are not committing yeah, crimes, no, they have nothing to worry about. To be honest with you, yeah, neither do I, because I, I think everybody, uh, there was a good quote last week saying everybody seems to have a camera at, a, at an incident except for the Gardaí. Yeah, well, th- this is true. Okay, but the hate speech laws, which I believe absolutely are completely unnecessary because the Minister herself, as I said about her, has said that people will be investigated after last Thursday under uh, incitement yes. to hatred. So we already can current, investigate and, people, and so what's the, the point? Yes. Yeah. Yes, so we're going to be investigating people under the current legislation, which, if you ask me, is fit for purpose. So, like, why can't that be the, the, why can't the status quo remain instead of bringing in uh, legislation that they can't even define uh, a okay, word but, in it. But is her, is her department word. is her department now at this stage, when we look at what has happened over the last two years in the increase in murders, the increase of random attacks, the Garda Shea numbers, Drew Harris, and the riots, and everything that we add up all together, the hate speech laws, you know, is her position a poison chalice at this stage? Well, look, I suppose you could say that a lot about a, a, a lot about different uh, ministerial portfolios. You could say it about it's often always talked about as health. Now you could say that it's uh, the same with housing. Uh, look, look, I don't, I, I won't underestimate the gravity of anybody's position, especially a ministerial position. It is an unbelievably tough job. I can only imagine. I've never been a minister, but look, as a politician myself, I know at a local level, I know that we have an awful lot of work to do. As a T, that that intensifies again. As a minister, again, it's an awful workload, and there's an awful amount to get through. And a lot of the time, uh, it can be maybe hard to to make the changes you want to make, especially when you have other parties involved and. And, and things well, like I, I'm assuming but once you're a minister, you have numerous amounts of civil servants below you who are quite good. You just have to delegate. Uh, Padre, I assume at some point when you when you become a minister, Padre, I mean, it's just a point of delegating properly and the minister has failed to do that. I think there's two things here. I think um, it's really important that the minister drives the department as well. So the minister is in charge and there's a clear objective and function coming from the minister. I don't see that from Minister Ellen McEntee. So, you know, the, the first objective in crime and antisocial behaviours to make sure that you have a functioning guard of force and that's not happening. You know, we know that the prison service is in big trouble as well from PQs that aim to have put in. We know that there's 60 more prisoners in prison than there are prison beds and as a result, Minister Helen McAtee is now releasing prisoners regularly on temporary release just to make space for more prisoners. You know, there's been a big problem in this country with regards to many uh, uh, criminals getting multiple sentences but get no custodial sentence. So, you know, the Guardian will tell, tell you locally that they, they pick up a person on a regular basis, the person gets prosecuted but never gets jailed. So what's the point of keep bringing them back um, to, 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 the, uh, the, to the judges? So, you know, the, the minister should have a project and be driving that project and, yes, delegating it down to the department. But I don't see that from the minister. I see from the minister a minister distracted by the bubble, the NGO media political bubble. She doesn't realise who are the, her electors. She thinks that the Irish Times editorial, editorial, editorial board is the, the people who are electing people in this country, and it's not. And the people who are electing but, but, but this we're country... Seeing, the people, yeah, but we're seeing that, and I'll say this to both of you, it's getting very frustrating, and I, I put up a tweet there, I think, on Saturday, but it, it, in relation to this, it's getting very frustrating living in a country where we have an elected government, as you said, Chuck to Dalla, which, in other words, they should be bringing these debates to the Dáil, 
not talking about what the people are talking about, not listening to the people. I mean, here we go. 20,000 people voted in their poll. Again, I said it's not scientific on Twitter, but 20,000 unique votes. I'm assuming 99% of my followers are all Irish, by the way, um, but are voting. And 20,000 people, 76% of them said she needs to go. And yet we have the Irish Independent coming out with some sort of poll. I don't know where they got it from, suggesting that half of people believe she shouldn't go. And the Irish government who will vote to keep her in tomorrow. I mean, you know, Jackie, this is bonkers that you've got a government just not listening to the people. 76% of the people said we've let too many people into the country. And yet politicians are just completely immune to the people's opinions. Well, we've often um, stated that a lot of, not, no, not in every case, but a lot of time when people get elected to the doll, it goes to their head. They forget about the people that elected them. And I think sometimes, you know, we often get criticised for being parochial. Uh, but I'd never apologise, nor would my father ever apologise for looking after the people and raising the concerns of the people that elected us. But that's your job. That's your, exactly, that's your job. And if everybody did that, well, maybe it mightn't be as bad. Absolutely, yeah. But mm. I, 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 one thing that we, and your Heather spoke about it, about a, a debate on, on, on immigration, the Rural Independent Group are bringing a motion uh, on immigration this Wednesday in the Dáil through their private members' time. And because that's what we had been looking oh, yeah, for. Oh, yeah, but you'll be all accused of being a bunch of racists and right-wings. Yes, yes, <laughs> but, 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 but again, but again, and that, that's what we, the convener of the group, Matthew McGrath, and the order of business last week had sought from the government uh, uh, um, uh, a debate, again, on immigration. And again, it's not that anybody wants to, to stand up and say, oh, throw them out or anything like that. That's not what it's about. No. It's about talking, it's about talking practically about... Talking about, logically. Well, yes, that's what it my is. father was one of the first people that stood up in the doll and said that he thought that a common sense figure would be around 20,000 people to be able to take in, that you could manage, provide appropriate services for, and provide proper accommodation for. As you can see now, the situation that we're in now, where people are being stopped from coming to the country, for the, I think, believe for the next couple of days, they're going to be given the increased money, 30 euros a week or something to find accommodation of their own. We're in the middle of a housing crisis. We're in a very cold spell now as well at the moment. And you have people who are coming in who may be very vulnerable and okay. being told to sleep on the street. That, that's not appropriate either. Okay, but, but listen, I, I'm, I'm running out of time, Jackie. Uh, Pat, just a final word from yourself. Uh, that, uh, obviously, private members bill, will, or private members time will be used by, uh, Matty McGrath, of course, was the one that started that off and talked, said, but we need to talk about immigration. Will you be there, Pat? Yeah, no, I've so speaking time in relation to this. It's been a, an objective of AIM2 from the start. Uh, so for 2019, we got into trouble in the Irish Times, actually, for asking in 2019 for a debate about uh, the issue of migration. We want a respectful uh, issue. We want a common sense and compassion uh, in relation to that. I think we can do both. But to do that, we need polit uh, politicians that are elected to the doll with a backbone uh, who will believe what they say and stand for something. And right now, we have a political class who basically stick their finger in the air to find out which way the wind is blowing in the media and they go in that direction, unfortunately. They don't stand up for okay. what the people on the ground need. Jackie Healy-Ray, thank you very much indeed and I appreciate you joining us and also Pat Tobin from Ain2, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, lads, for joining me today. All right, we want to get your opinion, by the way. It's 085-122-55. That's 085-122-55. I'll take a few callers just after this quick break. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. But all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast. The Niall Boylan Podcast. 
All right, let's go to who's obviously waiting the longest there. Let me just go to Keith. Keith, hi, how are you, Keith? How are you, Noel? Happy Christmas to you and the staff. Happy Christmas. <laughs> no, it's a bit early for that, Keith. Give us another week. Give us another week. In case I don't get back on the thorns yet. Um, but regarding Helen, I, I think she's a disgrace, I have to be honest. And, you know, I don't want to be getting cut off with your hand. I think it's not just what's had to happen. If you look at the past 12 months, and well before that, Dublin Inner City has been neglected for decades. Yeah. You know, and it's just gotten to the stage now. It's gone. It's gone. And it's under her watch and she doesn't want to own up and admit to it, which would be the right thing for her to step down unless someone else do the job. But but, does it, but here's the thing, Keith, right? And and let's uh, I, I, I do want people to come on today and have their view and have their opinion and I want people to be uncensored yeah. uh, about her position. But I don't want people making personal comments about her. That's her own business, right? Okay. I, like you, like many people, have absolutely zero faith in her as a Minister for Justice. But the question is, if a new Minister for Justice stepped in tomorrow uh, and she, let's say, for example, there was a vote of no confidence and she was out the gap, right? Uh, and a new minister stepped in. Is it going to make a difference? Because where are we going to magic up the guard of Shia Khalid from? Numbers are at an all-time low, essentially, for the size of the population, per head of population. So where are we going to get them from? Well, where, where, where are we going to get them from? Our own people, there's someone that needs to step in to do the job properly, you know? I know you're saying where we get them from. There's a, there's a lot of changes. Dublin needs a facelift. It needs a whole new change, including the government, mm-hmm. you know? I, I mean, she was out in town visiting businesses after after what happened last week, yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, the people down in, down there in East Wall had a riot outside the ESP building. She didn't come down to, to visit anyone down there after there was a riot down there. I mean, the, when these people talk about Mike, Mike McGrath coming out with this now about the, the immigration policy and all that. Well, it's immigration, yeah. He wants to use the, the time in the chamber to but, talk about immigration, the yeah. people of East Wall, it's just gone over a year now. A year since then brave people stood out and took a stand against them. But unfortunately, those unfortunately those concerned citizens are referred to by the government as right, extreme right-wing, which, by the way, can I point out, I don't believe they are. Now, don't get me wrong. There are always going to be head cases within concerned citizens, right? There are always going to be people who will take things too far, like the individuals who set fire to the city last week. They're clowns, right? So they're, they're not protesters. They don't represent anybody. They don't represent you. They don't represent me. They don't no, represent I the government. But, but the, you know, they are ignoring the wishes and the concerns of concerned citizens. Yeah, well, Pada just said it there himself. Like he, he said that, that there's nobody being spoken to. I'll give you an example. We've had meetings with the Minister Roger O'Gorman, who now wants to give them extra money to sleep on the streets. When there's a housing crisis at the moment, there's that's, a cost of right. living crisis. Yeah. Just for people who didn't see that story over the weekend, the Sunday World uh, Minister for Integration, Roger Gorman, has said because there's no accommodation, anybody coming into the country now as people seeking international protection, asylum seekers, will be given extra money. Now, I don't don't know what they're going to do with the extra money because money is not the issue. You won't find somewhere to stay. No, no. And and, and in fairness, I think tomorrow over in the Dáil, it'll be like Sesame Street, to be honest with you. I don't, I, I have a, I think myself that she will stay. Of course, I she think will. she's not. not well, they're not, they're not going to want an election. They're not going to vote her out. No, but I think I think for us staying, it's going to make things a lot worse. I think the whole of Ireland is in a dark place at the moment. I've never, never, ever come across a government as bad. Stay there for a second, Keith. Let me go to Joan as well. Joan, hi. How are you? 
Hi, Keith. How, hi, Niall. How are you? How are you doing? Joan, I know you don't get an opportunity to vote, nor do I tomorrow in the doll, but do you believe they should no. vote to put her out? 100%. I mean, she's not doing her job. What even is she doing? I mean, she can't define hate speech. So, I mean, as you said, she's all for Drew Harris. The, the, the Garda have no confidence against them. So what even is she doing? She's not even, like, she turns up uh, the, the uh, north inner city and then somebody stabbed a few weeks after on, on Talbot Street and then at what happened in the stabbings at the still. Like, she's not, she, she's neither use nor decoration in that job. So, so she's not, so she's not listening. She's not listening. She's, she's just, not, she's just, it's like she's in a little world of her own getting little photo shoots every now and then. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just not doing her job. And, like, the, I, even as regards to the hate speech law, I was just told there a few minutes ago by a girl who works for me, and she's a migrant, and she told me that, oh, did you hear what's happening the new law? Any, any Irish people who hate migrants now will have their social welfare taken off them. So if that's <laughs> what, they're, what they're being, what's coming down the line from what the hate speech law is going to be bringing in. Right. What even, what, you know, who dictates what hate speech is? Mm-hmm. What, it's going to be a farce. And why is she so adamant? Well, no, what I find bizarre, law? what I find bizarre is, as you heard, Conor McGregor was being investigated by Angarda Sheikana yeah. under incitement to hatred. Um, other yeah. people, she mentioned that numerous people had gone online that day and incited violence and incited hatred. And they're all being investigated by Angarda Sheikana. She'd been onto Twitter and everybody else, right? Yeah, so what, what, what I find bizarre is, if we have a law from 1989 that she can use and the Garda Sheikhana yeah. are currently using, why do we need more laws? I, well, I just find it, it bizarre. Well, I have, I have a, little, a little thought on that, Nile, and I've seen, it, I've seen people saying it as well. So her husband, Paul Hickey, is, um, is, is involved in the Abvi um, pharmaceutical company that does the drugs for transgenders. For puberty blockers, I, I'm I'm aware of that. I don't want to bring her husband into the conversation, but I am aware of that yeah. story. Yes, so and, main, and it is true. The main, but the main thing that she's got, the, the, one of the main things is you won't be able to misgender somebody, or that'll be called but, hate. Well, she's she's saying you can, mis- according to her, because she was asked that that she doesn't believe that would come under hate speech. But I, when she says she doesn't believe it'll come under hate speech, or what say, for example, you know, J.K. Rowling had said wouldn't come under hate speech. I would doubt that because I would think that the way this is going to work is it's interpreted by the person you're allegedly offending. In other words, so you'll be prosecuted anyway and it'll be up to a judge to decide. But it would be equally as bad to be prosecuted and have to wait, as as you know, in Ireland, it could take two years before you get into court. Yeah. So in the meantime, you're sitting there with a prosecution for under the hate speech laws. That's not going to be good for your career. No, I, but, no. but getting back to the minister herself, uh, you know, Keith, you've heard Joan. I'm going to talk to a few more callers in a second yeah. as well. And, and yeah. everybody is of the same view. So if everybody's of the same view, why, why are we sitting in a country where a government are not listening to everybody? No, yeah. Yeah. no, no it's, 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 gone, it's gone back to the stages of you. You know, as, as I yeah. said, Joe, just, just quickly now I'll say to you, when you said to me there, uh, who did we who did we get? I have to be totally honest with you. I give it to the likes of Maliki Stenson. He put manners on the whole lot of them. And that's <laughs> being honest with you. Well, unfortunately, Maliki is not an elected representative at this moment in time. Yeah. Uh, I know I know he's planning probably to run for election this year, he, although he hasn't officially announced it yet. But I know he probably is going to be announcing that he's running for election this year. But even if he did, I don't think he's going to be put in a position as Minister for Justice. No, well, that's just no, a finger to speak to I'll be talking to Maliki in a second, so I'll ask him about that. But sorry, Joan, what do you want to say? Sorry. 
I want to say about like is what what would Helen do in relation to Azad Talukter, the Limerick councillor who said he'd like to shoot all the rioters in the head. Now, mm. I know he took it back, but I mean, he had to take it well, back. He, well, he said he was misunderstood. He said he was talking about the person who had committed the atrocity and the tragic stabbings. Yeah, but that's but that's that. not what he said. No, no. Yeah, that's not what he said. 100%. No. So what would she do in that respect? Would he, would he be arrested? Would his, would his livelihood and his, his life be, be, be uh, put on hold while he was being investigated for hate speech? Or would he just get a little tap on the hand, one rule for us and one rule for them? Okay, thank you for that, Joan. Uh, thank you, Keith and Joan. Um, let me just go just to oh, I have to go to Frank. Frank, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you doing? Good, Frank. Uh, Frank, do you have faith in the Minister for Justice? Absolutely not, Niall. Um, like all your speakers, Keith and Joan and Patter, and they all uh, she has to go. Um, but you know the ministers that are going to be voting uh, in this um, for this no confidence vote are all going to st- side with her, including Labour. And they're all complicit in terms of, you know, the the incapabilities and incompetencies that they have been uh, in, put themselves in during their whole tenure in government. Well, it's so like it, Turkey's voting for Christmas, isn't it, really? You know what I mean? It, it really is. Like, if they're gaslighting us, you know, they, they have the mainstream media that are pushing the narrative that we have confidence in her. Um, and that's absolutely not true. Your poll is 100% accurate and reflective, even though it's a sample of the population, but it's a very high sample. It's 20, 20, uh, nearly 20,000 people. Yeah, you know, you, you, don't, you don't even get these types of samples in a short period of time that reflects the... But according to the... the according, I, I find it bizarre that the Irish Independent... Now, don't get me wrong, I don't know who this poll company is that they use, Ireland Thinks or whatever it's called. Um, I think as far as I know, one person runs the company. But according to that poll, 49% of people are not satisfied, but the rest are. Yeah, like these are typical polls that they put out, um, you know, when we vote for referendums and, you know, they're on the edge of, you know, it kind of seems quite reasonable, like 51 to 49. uh, But yours, you know, is just totally reflective of the opinions that were put out before regarding are we taking in too too many immigrants? Mm. And a lot of people, 75% of people in Ireland are not happy with the way the government is running the affairs of the country. And, you know, she has to go. And so do a lot of others like Norma Foley. She has to go. Roderick O'Gorman, Pascal O'Donoghue. They are all in I don't know about Pascal. I, I know maybe maybe I get into, maybe people won't like me for saying this. I have a bit of a soft spot for Pascal. I actually do like Pascal. Pascal is a very clever man for of course he uh, is, the way yeah. he's speaking, you know. Um, and, you know, so he has that air of... I don't want to say arrogance, but maybe confidence or overconfidence. Mm. But he chooses his words wisely, and he has taken Helen McEntee under his wing when she was all, appeared very broken in the media there six months ago. He had taken her under a wing, and he's guiding her along until she built up whatever confidence in, uh, that they instilled in her, that she was able to somewhat take it on her own until the events that have happened over the last couple of weeks. She has to go. She's opening up... Rape cry centres around I Ireland. Saw, I saw that, yes. Westmead, yeah. Wexford, and the images, they're all smiling and celebrating. And these are coinciding with the high uh, sexual crimes that are happening in the country. And they're saying that it's nothing to do with the immigrants. It's all to do with the immigrants in terms of the correlation. Not 100% correlation. It's not perfectly correlated. But there's a high incidence of immigration in all of these areas in the country. And these uh, uh, crimes are rising um, okay. in, in line with those. But we don't, we don't know, as you say, it's correlation. We don't know what the direct connection is, but, cert- but certainly it should be something that should be spoken about and debated. 
But unfortunately, we're not allowed to debate it because as soon as you debate it, you're called right wing. But another thing, Niall, um, we all know Enoch Burke now is in uh, jail in Mount Joy for over 200 days. And there are people who are committing horrendous crimes, you know, holding ch- uh, images of uh, children in, uh, you know, child pornography. And they're getting a slap on the wrist and they're getting uh, off on the whatever charges they have. And there's another incident in which... I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not a fan of the Burke family per se. But I, but I will give credit where credit is due for somebody who stands by their principles, and the man, yeah, he, and the man could walk out of jail tomorrow. You do know that, he as long yeah. as he abides by the order of the court, which he's not willing to do on a point of principle. So you have to give him some credit for standing up for his principles. But I, I understand, uh, and then we need to go back as to what brought him to that point, and it's the decision where he was actually asked to refer to a pronouns of a of a student. Mm. in which he felt was against his own religious beliefs. And here we go, here's Assad, the Limerick councillor, uh, shouting, uh, you know, threatening the rioters. And, well, saying know, they should be shot in the head. Yeah. Uh, yes, and if that's his belief, that uh, where he's coming from, that staunch kind of Islamic type uh, belief, if he is coming from that type of religion, you know, uh, it's okay for him to get... Uh, make up excuses and not you know, Burke if he's coming from his okay, own Okay, somebody just sent in a text as well, by the way. Please join us for a peaceful gathering to show your support for Enoch Burke, who's been in Mountjoy Prison for over 200 days. We do not have, have to all agree on how we handle the court order, but this teacher sitting in the prison cell earns respect for standing for the truth, for truth and faith, uh, for refusing to transition a child and protecting an in, innocent children. Well, to, to clarify, by the way, for those who are confused about the whole thing, Enoch Burke is not in jail because he would not refer to a child as a particular gender. As far as the law is concerned, Enoch Burke is in jail for for not obeying the order of a court. So I, I just wanted to clarify that. It's not that I agree with it, by the way, can I point out, Frank? I'm just saying I needed to clarify, yeah. just in case people under, misunderstood the reason why he's in jail. Uh, but he is a man. Uh, whether you agree with him, whether you disagree with him, you have to give him credit for standing up for his principles. And uh, if we were all in, in that position, or we all stood up for our principles, uh, it would be a very good country, wouldn't it? Uh, let me just go to Louise. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Louise, hi. How are you doing? Oh, actually, no, sorry, Louise. Just wait for a second. I've just got to go to Stu first because he's waiting a little bit longer. Stu, hi. How are you doing? Hi, no, How are you doing? Stu, the Minister for Justice. Uh, now, you know, can we blame her on everything? We can't really blame her on everything, but it is her job and she has to take responsibility. Yeah, well, it's obviously multifactorial, but she is the overseeing everything. She she is the person where the buck stops. Um, she's the one who's delegating to other individuals, including Drew Harris, uh, on how to conduct their jobs. Um, everything has to go through her, so obviously she has uh, a lot of responsibility. Obviously, if I was the CEO of a company and um, things went wrong, uh, the buck stops with me. Um, obviously, we saw John McGurk there make a, one mistake, and he stood up, unlike many journalists in the country, stood up and took responsibility. Yeah, RT, by the way, RT connected, corrected an error they made yesterday when they mentioned uh, last week that the army were brought in, which they weren't, but RT said they were. They corrected their error yesterday and apologised, but nobody mentioned that on social media. Yeah, yeah, and that was obviously with heightened tensions and fears. Uh, why would the army be brought in? Um, obviously, that was, that was uh, something akin to to heightening tensions and disturbing public order as, as mm-hmm. many of the media class have uh, been ranting about the last week. Um, I suppose Pity Holland's interview was the most telling example of, 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 of how 
the media class, the political class view everything. Yes, bl um, blaming misogyny. Yes, and and straight exactly straight away able to identify misogyny as the cause of problems in Ireland and Irish males, going as far as suggesting that uh, Irish males are being convicted of attacking migrant women. Um, that was part of our interview, which wasn't really. And also in relation to Ryan Casey's vic victim impact statement, where he asked uh, a legitimate a legitimate question as to how somebody can be here for so long and not hold down a job, and which was a legitimate question. He was accused, uh, according to Kitty, of incitement to hatred. But in relation to going forward, the Minister of Justice said, so tomorrow, we all know what's going to happen tomorrow, don't we? Yes, yeah, it's a charade. It's, yeah. it's basically... Uh, As I said, Turkey's voting for, for Christmas. For <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's pageantry for the masses. Sinn Féin are just... Well, obviously, Sinn Féin, they have a point in, in, in raising this, but they obviously know that they're not going to get it, get it through. It's, it's no, it's just a political... No, this is political football is what this is. Yeah. Although, although it's still useful to have that debate, it's the only way we seem to be able to have, to de have that debate is, is by them raising that so people can become conscious of her ineptitude and, and for the politicians to, to get to say their piece. Um, but we know what the outcome is going to be. It's, 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 it's they're rallying the troops. Eamon is flying home to... Uh, well, no, he's not. I believe he's cancelled the flight. Oh, has he? Yeah. <laughs> he's getting somebody to, he's siding up with the social Dems, um, so he's getting somebody to vote on his behalf. He's just saved the planet. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. He saved the whole planet. That's the end of the climate yeah. change problem. Not, yeah. that, not how he got there in the first place, by the way. 97,000 people, by the way. The irony of this, um, you know, um, this particular conference in Dubai at the moment is that 97,000 people are attending it from around the world. It was, it was a work out the irony of that. How much fuel was used to get all 97,000 of them into Dubai? Huh? Yeah. More than a small country was used in an average year, probably. Uh, Stu, thank you for that. Let me go to Louise and I'm going to go to Stephen straight after that. Louise, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Louise, okay, forget about climate change because it just bores me now at this stage. We're getting back to um, Helen McEntee. There, you know, there's a vote of no confidence, but look, you know, it's not going to go through tomorrow. We know that. You know, it's a pointless exercise. It's a money-wasting mm -hmm. exercise. But realistically, yeah. she should go, should she? Realistically, they should all go if you want to play that game. I have zero confidence in any of them. Shane Fain included. You know, mm -hmm. like what happened last week was disgusting. The riots and then them poor children. But I mean, Leo hasn't addressed the parents of those children that have been stabbed. But he has a chance to uh, speak to the Brazilian gentleman that, you know, wasn't the first on the scene. Fair, fair play to him for doing what he done. But the other Irish gentleman hasn't received any acknowledgement. He was told he's not allowed to give any statements to the press. But yet the Brazilian chap is selling interviews left, right and centre. So no, they should all go. Mm -hmm. They should all go. Mary Lou, everyone, pack their bags, get out, get a new government in, try and bring some of our good little country back. This has nothing to do with emigrants. I have no problem with anybody living here as long as they're contributing to society. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know? no, I, I, I think I mean, most people would just, agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. None of them have done anything decent for this country. None of them. Do you, by the way, as a, as a woman, do you feel less safe yes. on the streets, say, over the last two years? Because that's the sense that a lot of people are saying to me when we talk about the Minister for Justice and her job is to keep the, the streets safe and to keep the country safe. Do you feel less safe? 
right field, let's say, well, see, the area that I'm from, you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm not sounding like a, a, a ghetto mama or anything, but I, I'd be quite capable of taking care of myself. I can see how other people would feel not as safe. And I mean, even going into the city centre, I just feel the whole energy of the place has changed. But I mean, um, the book for health should stop with Stephen Donnelly. How many people have died because they've missed their appointments due to the whole COVID hoax? Um, you know, name one minister who's actually doing a good job. Name one minister that's actually saying. Leo himself has said he dislikes our Irish people. That Ireland is a 94.1 white where do, where Where did he say he dislikes Irish people? I don't think he's ever said that's that. All no, he's never. No, that. No, he never. No, that's out of. No, that's out of context, Louise. He never actually said he dislikes Irish people. Okay, if I say, okay, if I send you the video, mm-hmm. will you will you say on air tomorrow? Yeah, Louise was right. I, I will, Louise. If you send me a video where Leo Varadkar says I dislike, says I dislike Irish people without context, why, by the way. Yeah, but why would he say Ireland is a ninety four point one percent white country? So what? I mean, why is that relevant to anything? Yeah, I know he was talking about diversity and he wanted to see more diversity in departments. You know, he mentioned the Department of Housing, the Department of whatever, the Department of Education. He wanted to see more diversity and, as he said, black people or whatever it was in those positions. But I I don't remember him saying he disliked Irish people. But why not just people? Oh, no, no, I I agree with you, by the way. I don't agree with affirmative action, as they called it in America. Diversify. He's the one doing the divide and conquer. I mean, he made a statement during uh, COVID that there'd be no um, no racism or I, I can't think of the right hatred towards the LGBTQ or discrimination. But it's all right to discriminate against other people. You no. know, I've no problem with anybody being of any sexuality. The day then situation, I, 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 I don't entertain that and I don't really fully get it, to be honest with you. But I mean, when is the word no going to come into things? When is no, that's not completely acceptable. I mean, Enoch Bork is in jail for refusing to call a child a day then. That's not why, again, to clarify, because I've said it already, Louise, that's not why he's yeah, in jail. Yeah, but that was the start. Of that the was the start, but the reason he's in jail is not obeying the order of a court. What would your mother have done to you? No, no, I, by the way, whether you agree with Enoch Bork or don't disagree, whether you like the family or don't like the family, I have the utmost credit. I give him the utmost credit for standing by his principles. Family values, though. At every one of his court dates, all of his family is there, you know, and they're respectably dressed. I mean, I watched those videos of his sister, Armenia, I think it is, and the way on guard is she I mean, I, I've no confidence in the garden now. I, oh, okay, well, well, do me a favour. Well, Louise, just stay there for a second because I want to just go to Stephen as well. Stephen, hi, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, look, I think it's overwhelming, Stephen, the amount of people who have no confidence whatsoever in A, the justice system or the Minister for Justice herself. I mean, it would be bizarre to turn around and suggest that, you know, people or some people have some sort of confidence and she should stay. Well, I can't express the utmost confidence in her either. I can't see her, her seat being terribly safe come whenever the next feckin' election is, you know. Um we all know that the, the motion of no confidence will fail and the government will carry the motion of confidence. Um, so it's, it is just to create a, a talking point and it's a chance for Sinn Féin to try and score some extra points and look like they're actually on the side of the people. Um, could we really go through another year because... Good political wind. Yeah, but could we go through another year? Because look, the, the realistically, <laughs> the election could be dragged out till January twenty-five, right? Could we go mm. through another year with a minister for justice 
that the majority of people in the country have absolutely no confidence in when a, a police commissioner who we have no confidence in, the guard of the show, Connor themselves have no confidence, confidence in and she still stands by him. Can we go through mm-hmm. another year of that where her pet projects, as some people are calling them, or as Pater Tobin called it, the culture, pro- culture war product, uh, projects are basically taking priority over actually keeping this, the streets safe? Well, I won't tell you what I would say to to Patter Tobin, but anyway, um, at the end of the day, if this were to fail and it was to it was to collapse the government, we'd have a caretaker government until sometime in mid uh, early spring, and um, so the the government would just limp on until the the election, you know. So it, it's not going to make a difference. You're also all of us are kind of acting, and myself to be included in that that. Oh yes, the book stops with uh, Drew and um, the minister, mm. but we kind of don't pay attention to all of the civil servants, all of the guardi on the beat that are responsible for actually enacting the things that are handed down from on high. Like, yeah, but, but yeah, but if there isn't enough of them, what are they? What are the, about different things? Yeah, but if there isn't enough they, of them, Stephen, what are they supposed to do? Oh, there aren't enough guardi. There aren't. Fundamentally, there aren't. And mm. the same with defence forces and things like that. There just aren't. And um, so that is the thing that is, if she wants a pet product project, she can actually ensure that anyone that graduates actually gets deployed onto the beach. From, I mean, you, uh, you yourself, more, you know? and I, I know you support the hate speech legislation. That's well and good. And everybody's entitled to their mm. view. I mean, we have listened to the minister over the last week. Um, of course, a reactionary government who make who turn around and say, "Okay, we're going to fast track hate speech. And we're going to fast track, you know, facial recognition cameras, which uh, the Irish Council of <coughs> Civil Liberties have an issue with as well." Okay, but people go on and say they're going mm. to fast track these things, right? Yet the same minister turned around and said, "Those individuals who were online on Thursday last, uh, who were encouraging people to go in and burn the place down or whatever the hell it was that we were asking people to do, those um, mm. tossers, um, that they are being investigated by Angarda Shikana. Conor McGregor is being investigated by Angarda Shikana mm. under the Incitement to Hatred Act. So, in other words, the legislation we have seems to be ample to deal with those situations that may arise." So why did why would you need to upgrade it in the first place? It doesn't make any sense that you would spend a year of your time constantly focusing on it, and she has been constantly focusing on it. She seems, as Patter Tobin rightly, and I do agree with him, when he says she's more concerned what the Irish Times think about her and not what the people think about her. Well, I, I will possibly slightly agree with him on that because they are they're much more concerned about public good public sound bites and being seen to kind of trumpet the things that they think will win them the votes, but that's politics for you. Um, but yeah, so the, in terms of like the, leg, the hate speech legislation in particular did need upgrading. It does need upgrading. It needs to recommend, it needs to recognize the 21st century and where we are now in 2023. What, what part of it needs to be upgraded? But what parts needs to be upgraded? When you think about the legislation, it's all encompassing anyway, right? People could say, okay, well, you can add social media mm. into it. But it's all but encompassing. The legislation, the legislation to uh, govern communications and media and things like that doesn't tie in with the, the 89 Hatred Act uh, so all of that needs to be tidied up and brought into modern Okay, with, with definition, but where she's failed yeah. miserably all year is not providing some sort of definition. And she's been asked numerous questions about, yeah, would, they, would this be hate? Would this be hate? definition of a commonly well, understood term. Well, that's what she says, according to the Attorney General, but I don't believe that. Yeah. And I think it's really unfair on somebody who might be prosecuted for something that might or might not be hate speech and to have to sit there for a year and a half in a country where you can't even get a trial date because there's so many, are so little judges and so mm. little space in the course, wondering, are you going to be prosecuted with something you believe you haven't even done.
and then you're not you're not going to end up in prison either because there's no space for you in prison. Well, yeah, it's a mess, yeah. isn't it? Okay, but but back yeah. to, back to the situation of Turkey's voting for Christmas tomorrow. So they're not going to mm. vote her out. So we're going to have to deal with another year, most likely, of a minister that nobody has any faith in. Twenty thousand people on my Twitter, and I'm sure you don't have a huge amount of respect for my Twitter, but however, it's still twenty thousand unique votes. Some of it may be mm. biased because of who I am and my views in life, et cetera, et cetera. But still, seventy six percent of those said they'd no faith in the minister. I think it's fair. Yeah, effective. and I, I could I could count myself on, as one of them as well, to be honest with you. Mm. But I don't think anybody has faith in the government. Anyone that I've heard speak about has no faith in the second government. But it's nothing. There's nothing that can be done until the next election is called. And the idea that a no, a no confidence motion would bring down the government is possible, but it's not likely to. to but the way things are moving at the moment, Stephen, a lot of damage. Can, people are not going to wait another year. There's so much damage that can be done in the next year. I mean, the, the immigration debate, of course, it's a debate that has to be had. We can't just write mm. people off as being right wing every time somebody says, "Listen, I think we're letting too many people in." So we even got we a situation now where there's nowhere for people to say isn't being had. It isn't and being had. It's been had everywhere apart from in the doll. It's all over. It's all over mainstream media as well as it's not. Know, it's not happening in the doll. But it's not happening in the doll. That's where it should be happening. But I would imagine it's being had in the in the in the halls of you know, ah. the civil service and so on. They have to figure like Joe Brawley or not. Second, what's his name? Your man with the beard. Your man with the beard. One, Joe O'Brien. That's what it was. <laughs> was saying that you know they're going to end up having to. Um, stop people living in the emergency accommodation because we can't accommodate anybody else. And uh, you know, so the the debates are being had. Okay, well, stay there for a second, Stephen. Let me just go it's to Madeline. Trying stay to incite a, a, a country to unite against its government is not a good idea either. Okay, well, Stephen, stay there for a second. Let me go to Madeline. Madeline, hi. How are you doing? Hi, Niall. Delighted to be back on to our country. Uh, delighted to have you back on again, Madeline. Now, you've heard Stephen, although he does agree <laughs> that the minister should probably have to go. Uh, but, you know, he knows that nothing's going to happen tomorrow. And we're kind of stuck with this government. He accepts we're stuck with this government for the next year. OK, well, like I said, when we were having the chat there last week, there's three people responsible. And that's Leo Bradker, Helen McEntee and Drew Harris for the state of the country. Um, I did say this last week, the row and the, the, the stuff that happened in town last week wasn't unique to the boring of buses and trams. That was all unique. But these gangs, these feral gangs have been roaming the streets of Ireland for a couple of years now. The Gardaí, the law are not dealing with it. Our, our justice uh, department is abysmal. There's absolutely no laws out there. They're talking about what happened in town last week as being terrible. Over the last couple of years, there was a a term in the last couple of years where people in Ballyfermot, or just used Ballyfermot, couldn't walk outside the door with the feral gangs that were roaming around Ballyfermot. They brought it to their local councillors, their local TDs. The law are not dealing with the injustice. Mm -hmm. Talking about now whether Helen McEntee will stay in after this vote tomorrow, I think people who have um, been assaulted, um, in some cases been murdered, by people who were in this country illegally, if the people were to take cases against Helen McEntee for those crimes, surely that would bring her down. Well, that that would, would take well, that would take a lot of work and a lot of evidence. You'd have to prove, but obviously, people, that yeah. I, I, but people are going to have to take her to task. She, there's people in this country illegally committing crimes. It's bad enough that we have to deal with people who live here committing crimes, but to have people who had been deported 
and, and self-deporting. I mean, this is just all ridiculous. But be under no illusion that what happened in town last week is not happening every night in cities all over Ireland because it is. It, it, is, a fair, it is a fair point. And we have talked, going back two years ago, about gangs roaming around Pierce yeah. Street and random attacks by yeah. usually teenagers, older mm. teenagers. You know, and nothing has really been done about that. And we've seen, actually, sadly, no. we've seen tragic murders in relation to those individuals. And no, one, one and they're, stabbed. Talking about bringing, they're talking about bringing in hate speech law for things that may be said. What about dealing with all the crimes that have happened and seeing why they happened and putting proper, uh, implementing proper justice laws into place? Why are we worried about what somebody's going to say a year down the line or two years and have this hate speech law? This is all ridiculous and they have diversified the country and they are hoping to conquer us all. And I just hope people continue to peacefully protest and try and have their voices heard because we are being gagged. Do you believe? Do you believe you're voiceless? Do you believe that you're being told, "Well, you can't talk about that. You know, you're not to talk about this." Absolutely. You're not to... Absolutely. And if they get, a, if they this comes in, and I know it's all over the world. This is happening all over the world. And someday now, when you're you're not under pressure to find out how people feel about Mac and, uh, Helen McEntee, I must tell you a, a little story about when I was in Italy in 2014. When you have a bit of time, that will tie in with all these topics. Okay, now I'd be interested to hear that as well. Uh, thank you very much indeed, Madeline. I appreciate it. Thanks, Let me just go to John. Uh, John, hi, Senator Stephen. You can take Madeline if you want there. Sorry. John, hi, how are you? Uh, hi, afternoon. How are you? How you doing? Um, look, get straight into it. Um, <clears throat> this force and the doll is a waste of time, right? This is just grandstanding. This is all about the next election for Sinn Féin. That's all. Sinn Féin support the hate speech. They never questioned the immigration into this country. They've gone along with everything all the time along. And I'm getting this from Doi in the wool and hardened Sinn Féin supporters here in Cork. They're not going to go out and vote for Sinn Féin this time. They think they're just a bunch of muppets going along with everything. No, for the first time, not since the troubles in the north, the Taoiseach of this country now, his home is under Aram Guard because they believe there's a credible threat to his life and to other senior ministers, including Helen McEntee. And they brought that on themselves. I'm not condoning it, but they brought that on themselves for the simple reason they are not giving one crap about the Irish people. And that situation there where the Gardaí in the streets removed those posters there, the Gardaí are breaking their roads. They're supposed to be impartial. I have no By the impartial. way, in relation to that video that's circulating, I put up on Twitter, I have no idea why they took the posters off those lads. There was four lads who had posters for people who haven't seen the videos saying, Leo, out now. They were very peaceful. They were actually extremely yeah. cooperative when the guards come over and took the posters off them. They handed them over. Yeah. Well, and, then, I, I, and she turned around, the guard turned around and says to her, off he's go now and go home, otherwise I'll have you charged under Section 8. That's the Public Order Act, of course. Well, um, well, you they were doing, is, they weren't doing is, anything wrong. I mean, are we well, not allowed well, to protest anymore? Well, that's the frightening part of an origin doubt of me. That's actually worse now because of the simple reason they've now been told go out now and if anyone for any type of a protest, and I'm going to test this myself personally during the week, that you're going to be victimised straight away, put down as far right, get you off the street, you're a danger to public order, they're going to use all these crapology uh, public order, uh, uh, so-called terms and whatever they have uh, to... Well, but they can only use the Public Order Act in Section 8 if they believe you're a threat to peace. That's under the under the Act. By the way, if anybody, you know, who knows about that video can add a bit of context to it, because obviously a video is only a short clip of what happened. It's only about a three-minute video. But it certainly seems to me that there was no abuse given by the four lads. They look like four decent kind of lads. I don't know who they are. And um, they were just holding posters. I mean, just I want to go back to Stephen very quickly on that. Stephen. 
yeah. policing has gone a little bit over the top now when you've got a guard from what it seems in the video going over and stopping people <laughs> from peacefully protesting. Well, I suppose it was the same as your man that was the American guy that was on uh, Grafton Street. Somebody made a complaint. The guard was doing their job and said, listen, you can't be here. Or, but that's you know, not acceptable. Somebody is, somebody that's is unacceptable. It, it doesn't matter if somebody makes a complaint. For example, the shop owner who they were protesting outside, they just happened to be protesting outside the shop, by the way, not particularly for that shop. I mean, he could complain, no, know, he yeah. could complain and say, look, and I don't want them outside there. But he has no right to do that, or she has no right to do that, because it's a public place. They're quite entitled to protest. Anywhere oh, yeah. they want. It, I mean, once, again, once they're not a threat under the Public Order Act in Section 8, once they're not a threat to the, peace. The police of the state to uh, make what they, to do something that they feel would make them and their, their uh, customers feel safer. The same thing goes to, you can't, you shouldn't be allowed to protest outside uh, a politician's house or anything like that. You just well, shouldn't like, because it, it's, threatening, do, to the, it's threatening to that person. People also seem that? to think that, you know, mm. there, there is, a, there is a, I, I would agree, a certain amount of light touched certain protests from certain groups but at the same point, they act as if the, the the state isn't doing anything to protect Irish people or to prosecute Irish people who commit crimes and things like that. They're doing it every day of the week. John, by the way, John did say when you mentioned that, he said he has protested outside politicians' homes. Yeah. Well, I uh, would think that that's a step too far, but that's just my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Well, well I've, I've, I've never personally agreed with it either, by the way. Else. No, no, can you get back I, in I can understand why people get driven to it, but I personally don't agree with it either. Sorry, John, yeah, yeah go ahead. No, yeah, well, look, I make no apologies for that, and I, and no, I will do it again, because for the simple reason, like, that it, the policies they are making, the decisions they are taking, are affecting the homes of Irish people. So if somebody takes it to their door, I have no problem with that. But what has happened now, they've been told to vote now, and anyone assembling with any, if someone's standing on the footpath saying, Leo owes, I mean, there's no problem with that. That's a political statement. You're, and under a democracy, that what's left of it, surely with a Christ, you're entitled to do that. Because if not, we're fucked. Okay, well, stay there. Let me go to Jane. Well, I don't know where the I don't know where you, the, the lads were standing. And well, I, they were standing. There was four of them outside the shop. Stephen, I watched the video, and to be honest with you, they seemed very cooperative. They didn't even argue. When I said they didn't argue, they just asked, "Why are you stopping us?" And she said, under Section 8, now go home, she said. I presume. I'm not familiar with what, is, okay. what happened. Cause well, I, again, if anybody has more context to it, maybe they could let me know. But based on the context of what I've seen, it was completely, uh, it was just over-the-top policing. Let me go to James. James, hi, how are you doing? Very good, knowing yourself. Sorry for keeping you so long, James. I do apologise. And Malachi, I'll be with you in a second as well. Go ahead, James. You know, um, did you see the, um, did you see the publication? Let me get up there. The publication about, about Sweden, Norway, and Finland, and Iceland, and what they're doing with the uh, what they call um, illegal refugees and asylum seekers. Mm. They've actually started doing deportation of them. Well, that's, so that, well, that's what you're meant to do with people who are illegally in your country, yes. Yeah, but they're actually starting deporting them now because Sweden has actually is under siege because the uh, refugee gangs, criminal gangs, are actually throwing hand grenades at each other on the streets. Okay, I'm not familiar with the individual situations, but I am aware of the situation in Sweden whereby there has been an increase in crime rates. Well, obviously there's a population increase too, so there has been an increase in crime they rates. There's no legislation for crimes like this, so they have to send in the army to actually quell... Okay, 
Uh, okay, so what? Where, bring, let, can we bring this back to the Minister for Justice, which is what we're talking yeah, about no, today? This, yeah. This is part of it because what you have is you've got un, un, unvetted refugees and illegal asylum seekers in the country. And in these uh, countries, they are saying if you're not employed within three months or you don't... Well, that's part of the EU pact, yes. Yeah. Yes. So why aren't we implementing that here? And why isn't McIntyre actually putting this and saying this must be followed through? And why aren't they... So in other words, when somebody gets a deportation order, it should be followed through and we should make sure the person deports themselves or they should be deported. It should happen within three months because it's supposed to happen. Now, all these countries, because they've... Like in Sweden, you can't go to a cafe that's owned by a white person. I I, I don't know why you're focusing on Sweden. Let's focus on Ireland if we can, James. Because because Sweden is the tipping point because they said 10 years ago all the other countries were racist for not bringing in all these poor migrants and these refugees and so on and so forth. Now they've turned their tails and they said... We are now going to start mass deportation because, and I'm just going to get the thing up here, in, they, were, they, they were officially the safest country, not in the EU, but in Europe. And they, in six years, in the last six years, they have gone from the safest to the unofficially, the unsafest country in Europe. Well, I, I don't know where who did those stats up to suggesting they're the, the most unsafe country no, in Europe. No, I could probably think of unsafer places, but but in, but James, I'm not, I'm not I'm not denying it. Where does that bring us when we're talking about a conversation today about Irish, the Irish state? So you believe that's the direction we're heading if we continue down the road we're going? Exactly the direction we're going in, and this okay. is proof in the pudding. Okay, thank, all right, James. Uh, thank you, thank you very much indeed for that. Appreciate it. Let me just go to Maliki as well. Maliki, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, Ma. Uh, Maliki, uh, just in relation to the Minister of Justice, if I can bring it back around, I know James had a lot of things to say there, and in fairness to him, some of the things he said may be correct, but some, obviously, we have to deal with Ireland and the situation we're in here in this country. And I, I wanted to reiterate again, if people come here from a legitimate process, or, you know, they genuinely are coming from war, I think most people would be quite welcoming. Uh, what we are talking about is a situation where we've seen an increase in crime, we've seen a Minister of Justice fail, we've seen a Commissioner fail miserably to provide uh, policing on the street, and um, she's not going to go tomorrow, is she? No, she won't. Um, but I, I think that it's really irrelevant whether she stays or whether she goes, because they just replace her with some other clown like Harris as he did before. And, you know, we've addressed her status on a number of times on your uh, program. And for instance, I don't, and I make this point again, I don't think it's acceptable for a Minister for Justice involved in very serious t- times, and we are at, on the precipice of something in this country, that she legs it for two periods of maternity leave. I just don't think that's acceptable in the current climate. I, I know people have opinions in relation to that. Look, Maliki, you wouldn't be here today, nor would I, if women didn't have babies. But I do understand if you are no, voted. I know I do understand the view. If you're voted in an election for a five-year period, you should take into consideration the importance of being given that responsibility and make yourself available for that five years. I agree with you. Now, then, to follow on from that yesterday, we had the other idiot over in Dubai taking a private jet or arranging to take a private jet to fly back here but he's not and then gonna, take the jet back. He's not going to do right? that He's now. not doing that now. But the reason he's not doing that now is because Jennifer Whitmore, a Social Democrats TD, has agreed a pairing with him. Now, remember last week, one of the most um, vocal opponents of the Minister for Justice and how Dublin was being run into the ground and crime was everywhere was Gannon. 
who is a Social Democrat TD. So Social Democrats on one hand in the doll are saying, we don't support the Minister for Justice and she should go. And then when, when the opportunity comes to get rid of her, what they do is agree a pairing to ensure that she stays. You know, that's the hypocrisy that we have in Irish politics today. And, you know, I, I was listening to Sky News yesterday, now, and I heard them saying that there were 70,000 people at the COP in Dubai. And I, I thought, surely she means that oh, 700 or 7,000. And I went and Googled it this morning to be stunned to find that there are 97,000 yep. delegates. Now, that's almost 100,000 people. And they're telling you, or they on O'Reardon did last other day. You can't get in your car. You can't drive into town. You can't go on a flight to Spain for your two weeks holiday to get out of this place. And a hundred thousand, that, that is simply incredible, Niall, that 97,000 people are at any kind of a conference. Let's be clarify, 97,000 people are at a conference telling other people not to be travelling. And all of those people are being paid by me and you and all of the other taxpayers around the world to go and waffle. The likes of Mary Robinson, who was one of the most destructive figures ever to hold a presidency in this country, well, probably to be followed by the current incumbent. Mind you, she, she's the one who's going around telling everyone the world's going to end if we don't do something about fossil fuels. And yet all she's doing all year is travelling all over the world telling people this, which is it's quite do bizarre. Do as I say, not as I do. She's like an older version of Greta. Anyway, but, but leaving, leaving, leaving aside climate change, because I'll do a whole show on that someday um, in the future, because the, the amount of hypocrisy is just unbelievable. I know RT Primetime Investigates are doing a programme at the moment currently where there seems to be oh, back, sure, yeah. backhanders That'd going be like on. The last one. Yeah, backhanders going on. Uh, anyway, but get, getting back to what we're talking about. Okay, so let's say, for argument's sake, she's booted out tomorrow. Okay, it's not going to create a general election because they, be, so they believe they can hang on without her anyway. So. Um, realistically, somebody else gets the position for Minister for Justice. You still have Drew Harris, and you still have uh, Garda Khan who have no faith in him, and you still have only 13,500 guards in a population of 5 million people. So it's still a mess. No, it's not the personalities that are involved in this. It's the policies. And it doesn't matter who's there at the head of it. They will all follow the, the same policies. Helen McEntee is not doing anything that the government hasn't told her to do. She is there implementing, bringing in these so-called hate speech laws. And if they were in, many of the people now speaking on Saturday at various demonstrations around the country and on the Palestinian issue would be um, subject to those hate speech you laws. Would you would imagine so, wouldn't you? <laughs> anything I heard from senior political, or, well, they're not senior, hopefully yeah. they'll be gone after the next election, but those who, who say that they're, you know, Political, just leave it at political figures, yeah. Go on, yeah. Now, I mean, I, f I fully support Palestine. But if I, if I wasn't so involved and, and the age I am, I would be over in Palestine. Like, this is like the man that was on your programme a few weeks ago who was going off to fight for uh, Ukraine. Steve, yeah. Five Barrett and, and all of these people, they should do. And they, they go on about Frank Ryan and, and in the 1940s and that going to, to fight in the Spanish Civil War against Franco. Yeah. Having so, been a member of the IRA. Don your jacket and don your boots and over you go. Yeah, if you care that much about I it. Let them go and fight for them if they're that concerned. But, it, it, but, it, but they're not concerned. It's just 
another thing to it's, show. We, we all know. Look, we all know it's soapboxing. That's all it is. Grandstanding, soapboxing. <clears throat> but you are right. If you want to, you know, if we, we still don't have a definition of the word hey from the minister, we're not going to get one either. You could realistically suggest that a lot of those people who are spouting on about Palestine at the moment uh, could be subjected to those laws. But they, mind you, they won't because the majority of those are on the left. There were. When there was a war 50 miles up the road in this country, the Boyd Barrett's and the, and the Morphys at, at all ah, were, were too, nowhere to be found. Ah, they were too young at the time. The, anyway. They would have been, you know, been too well, young. Well, that parent is waiting there either. Okay, but let me get back to Helen McEntee. So it's not going to happen tomorrow. And Sinn Féin, of course, have tabled this motion, but they're only tabling the motion so they can be politically popular. They're only uh, tabling the motion to, to pretend that they actually care and that they're actually doing something. They support every policy that McEntee and the government has brought in. They, they support totally open borders. In fact, Sinn Féin and Power would open the borders more than they're currently open. And, you know, we're accused, and, and, and look at the demonisation of people in the doll who are being called far right and being named. And, you know, I know those people, and there's nothing that they have said that I would consider far right. But apparently it's far right in this country to say, well, maybe children shouldn't be stabbed coming out of school. Maybe, you know, people shouldn't be sleeping in tents. Maybe we shouldn't have, you know, 14,000 homeless people in our own country. And I, I see, you know, incredibly, uh, Senator Jogan uh, posted a tweet this morning where, where she had been aware, became aware of a family who came into the country and were given a house, a four-bedroom house, on the same day. And they didn't, they, they came from Bangladesh, apparently, had stayed in the UK for a period, then flew to the north, got a train down, and got a house that day. There's that day? Fundamentally wrong, Royal, in, if that's oh, the case. I, I, now, I, I'd like to find out if that's actually true. But they, so, so they, well, they moved from Bangladesh to the UK, stayed there for a period of time, went to Northern Ireland, and then got a train down to Dublin. And you're telling me they got a house, a four-bedroom house, that day? Right, now just find a tweet there. Because um, that sounds far-fetched. It does sound incredible. And I doubt very much if a, a senator like Sharon Keoghan would have posted something that wasn't true. No, but that we we got to put context to it. If they were in the UK and Northern Ireland, they probably made an application before they even got here, months ago, uh, pre pretending they were in the country. Well, well if, that, if that's the case. Worse. It's not even worse if that's the case. Well, absolutely, because you should have to go in person. I'll read the tweet out to you now, there. Okay. Uh, I received a call, and this is from Senator Sharon Kilgan. I received a call from an area in Westmead where a family travelled from Bangladesh, flew into Belfast Airport last week, travelled down to Dublin to White Pass, and were given their own front door for a new three-bedroom apartment. They had resided in the UK for some time before travelling. This is wrong. This country is a laughingstock. We're being fooled. Our immigration laws are non-existent. Where are the own front doors for hundreds of thousands waiting on the housing list in this country? Okay, so the, so the two things that were incorrect there was they weren't given a four-bedroom house. It was a three-bedroom apartment. Okay. And, and it wasn't on the same day by the sounds of it. Okay. It wasn't what? On the same day. Well, hold on. It says, flew into Belfast Airport last week, travelled down to Dublin and were given. So I think if they flew in last week, well, then it was within the week, yes. Okay, right. Well, I was doing it from memory now. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Fair, well, fair, but even then, even at that, when, there, when you consider there are people on the housing list for the last 10 years... 
Yeah, it, it does sound ridiculous that if that is the case and that is happening. Uh, by the way, Malachi, just before I go to Maureen and Nicholas, that's what I mentioned. Um, I, I, people are asking, are you running for election in the local elections? As you know, that's been something that I've been mulling over in my head for the past Would you be bothered? Year, I suppose. Well, and, and that's one of the considerations that I did have. Would I be bothered? Do I have the time? Do I have the energy? You know, um, and following the weeks, the, the events of Thursday week, I have no choice now but to stand because somebody has to stand up and say enough is enough. And we have to try and bring an end to the madness that's happening in this country. And, you know, I, when we were talking about the crimes that would come from bringing in the, the type of people who are coming in, we were laughed at, we were joked that these things will never happen. And I hoped that they wouldn't. And I suppose really in the back of my head, I didn't really think that children were going to be stabbed coming out of school by somebody who shouldn't be in this country. And then we're told, well, he's an Irish citizen. I mean, Irish citizenship seems to be handed out like candies in this country. And that has to change. Okay, so you're going to be running, I imagine, in the North Inner City East. I won't run in the North Inner City for the council, and on the same yep. day I'll run for Dublin in the European elections. Okay, stay there for a second, Maliki. Let me just go to Maureen. Maureen, hi, how are you? Oh, hi, Niall, how are you? Okay, back to the Minister for Justice. I I'm assuming you're going to say she has to go, but she's not going to go. Oh, no, she's not going to go. No. Of course she has to go. And matter of fact, the whole lot of them have to go. Mm. And... Uh, we were listening, I mean, I heard where, I saw that video last night, Niall, where the two lads with Leo has, has to go, right? Or Leo yeah. out? Yeah, now, Leo, Leo out now. Now, about this hate, yeah, well, they're about hate speech, Bill. I watched the lads from the National Party there, was it, some day last week. Just unfurled their banner, doing nothing out of the way. That was taken off them. That mm. bill is already in place. And people are not seeing it. Well, the bill is, is not in place. It's not been signed <laughs> by the President. I, 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 but I, I, you're, what you're saying is the Garda Sheikh are using it. Yeah. No, they're practicing. Yeah, again, the scenario has to be played out to see what way it's going to go. Well, well this, we're seeing this, by the way, not just in Ireland, in the UK as well. We saw during the Queen's, or during the inauguration of the King of England, uh, Prince Charles, there were people walking around with, not in my name. That's right, which and, you're entitled to do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But again, the British police were taking those banners off them uh, and removing them. Yeah, but, it, yeah, but you see... Look, it's the kind of end of democracy, isn't it? Yeah, but no, we could be talking about this all day, right? Because it, it, all this is for another day. But I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it again, and people need to wake up. This is not just about, the, I call them the Bolsheviks at this stage, because that's what they are up there. It's not about the UK Parliament. It's not about the French. Macron, look at Macron is still there after the French nearly burned France down around them. This is to do with the New World Order, and people need to start looking up what we've been trying to tell them for the past three, even five years. When we first heard about Agenda 21, people thought now that we were completely off our rocker and we were only fit for the lunatic asylum. But it's here. The new world order is here. And until people look up and listen to what we are trying to tell them, they're going to be under the jet boot. I, for one, have no intention of being under it. And I will do jail time before I will give bow to this absolute nonsense. It's the end of democracy if, if it ever even existed in this country for a long time. I think it packed its bags a long time and decided to head off to climate's new, as you say. Yeah, well, it does look like you're going to be living in a country. Uh, Maliki, just very briefly before I come to Nicholas, in relation to that video that's going around at the moment with the lads with the Leo Out Now posters, 
um, who were quite cooperative with the police. They didn't abuse the Garda Shikon in any shape or form, but were had their posters taken off them and told to go home. Is that is that the new democracy? Yes, and, and, well, there's no such a thing as a democracy in this country. There's the right to protest and the right to, to, to free speech as long as you only articulate what the government wants you to do. And your, your other caller there is right about the banner that the, the, I think it's possibly the same people put up just for a photo opportunity outside Leinster House, where, remember, they told us to go and protest, and they wouldn't, wouldn't even protest, it was just a photo op. And, you know, the banner was rolled up and taken away from them, and an inspector, I think, pulled them up. Mm. Um, but yeah. this is not new now. There was a man well, in they, Monaghan... Well, they're using the Public Order uh, Act. They're using Section 8 of on. the Public yeah. Order Act. Yeah. There was a man, and I just can't remember his name, was up outside the church during the abortion referendum with a poster on a Sunday morning, an elderly man, an elderly farmer, saying that he, he was opposed to abortion. He was arrested and charged. Now, we beat the charges. I defended him in, in Monaghan Court and we defeated that. But you have, you have police officers now who are using their own political viewpoint to attack people and to remove their right to protest. And that's not something... The police force should be apolitical. It should not have a view on politics at any level. Okay, well, well, do, well, hey, do me a favour, both of you. Stay there a second, because I want to go to Nicholas as well. Nicholas, hi, how are you? Hello, Niall, and thanks for the opportunity to speak. You're um, welcome. Just regarding your, your, your main question, absolutely no confidence in the Minister for Justice or any of her, her party. Um, what I would say, though, is that the riots that occurred in Dublin, and nobody would support, you know, the looting and so on and so on, but they were completely predictable and preventable. Yes. And the reason I say that, uh, the reason I say that is because for over a year now, and I've been posting this on my own Facebook and so on, that there is going to be social unrest. And there we had it there in in its... And and it most likely will happen again too. Oh, I I think it's just the start. And and if you you look in, in Dublin communities who were peacefully protesting, peacefully protesting about... Uh, housing, migration, homelessness in the city and, and lawlessness as well. And they were completely, not only were they ignored, but they were demonized as, as far-right racists, all that claptrap, this mythical far-right, mm. whoever the hell they are. Yeah. They're just ordinary citizens and they were ignored. And I was in town actually uh, over the weekend, walking past the doll, and there are these barriers up, <laughs> the full length, and I, as I said to some of my friends, this is it's like a physical manifestation of the Irish government's mindset. Are the, barrier, are are the barriers sure. back up again? Oh, I know they were up for a period, but, oh, but, but they well, took them back down. Are they back up again? I didn't know they were back up. Well, I was there yesterday and they're running the full length and they're very carefully designed so that the riot police can stand above the crowd. They have steps on behind them and the back of them. So they'll be standing there, you know, yeah. uh, above the crowd. But it's like a, a manifestation of this mindset, this kind of, you know, like... Uh, we're above you. Yeah. We're above you, but also our bar- they're putting physical barriers between them and the ordinary citizens of this country. And I think that's what they're doing with their policies on migration, on housing, on everything. And, you know, they're a disgrace, really. And I think I actually fear for this country. I fear for the for so children, yeah. grandchildren, and so on, so on, um, because it's not looking good. Not so, looking sorry, good. Maureen, what are you trying to say there? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I've come to the conclusion now that I'm looking most see. I refuse even to call the police in this country guard anymore, because I'll tell you something, Niall, and everybody else, they don't deserve it. 
I mm-hmm. call them now the Stasi. They're the Stasi State Police. But you, yeah, but to be, no, hang on, Maureen. To be fair, okay, the Garda Shea the men and women on the streets that enforce the law, they're only doing what they're told. They have, no, no, no. They have a choice. Well they, well, they don't. Well, they don't have a choice because if, if they're told to go to a protest, and, well, no, hang on. Okay, well, hang on. If they're told to go to a protest and keep the peace, or you know, make sure nobody kicks off or arrest anybody who does, that's their job. They're told to do that. If they refuse to do it, they're out of a job. But every, but every protest in this country now, from our side, was peaceful. I didn't see them out running around. I didn't see them trying to grab BLM in a shopping centre. I think, yeah, but I, I think it's unfair to have a go at the individual Garda Shea Where you need to have a go is the Minister for Justice and Drew Harris. They're the ones no, responsible. I'm having, no, I'm having a go at the whole lot of them. <laughs> because they have a choice like everybody else. Maliki, do, Maliki, do they have a choice? They well, ha- well, ha- well, hang on, hang on. They do there, have a choice. There have, been hundreds, people. there have been hundreds of protests this year with no trouble whatsoever at them. The only trouble that has been caused at any of our protests has been caused by the left. But I can look at a protest in, in any of our areas now, and I can see what police are on duty, and I can tell you whether that protest will be tense or whether it will be calm by whoever's there, whatever police are at present. And so you're, the, you're saying individual guards, I mean, are taking it upon themselves? Who will seek to wind up things for whatever reason. Okay, on, on that note, just finally, Nick, Nicholas, just before I finish up today. So, Nicholas, nothing is going to happen tomorrow. There's not going to be a vote of no confidence. It's, it's pre-election. It's pre-election, uh, you know, just uh, populist politics. That, well, it's populist know, politics it's, by Sinn Féin, that's for sure, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Can I just say briefly, when I said preventable and predictable, if, if they had done a complete audit of our capacity to take in migrants into this country before letting one in the door, and then stood up and said, okay, we have a capacity for 50,000 or 100,000 or whatever, and that we can look after with healthcare, with accommodation, and so on and so on and so on. After, after looking after our homeless citizens on the streets, I walked around the doll from, the, from those barriers, literally a minute around the corner, and there were fellas lying on the side of the road in yeah. an awful state. You yeah. know, it's just, it's, it's depressing to see, you know. It certainly is. Nicholas, listen, thank you and thank you for waiting so long to come on the air. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much indeed. And everybody, by the way, who got involved in the show, I could read out numerous texts. Um, but to be honest with you, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Kieran says she's not doing a good job and needs to go. Dolores in Ireland is a joke. 99% of guards have no confidence in Drew Harris. And he adamantly said he will not resign. Helen McEntee knows she will have her buddies back her up. But no matter how, ba- or how bad a job she's doing, uh, she won't be going. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Trisha says, I haven't seen any evidence of her doing a good job. Plus, she's pushing for hate speech laws whilst calling people thugs and scumbags. Uh, which is a bit ironic, actually, yes. Also not listening to people's concerns. I think she should resign along with the rest of them in government. Lorraine says she's useless. Uh, Billy says the Minister of Justice shows nothing but contempt for anyone who challenges her toxic ideas. Even her attitude towards the Irish people is generally and basic, uh, general and basically she denies all facts thrown at her. Time for her to go. Morris says any updates by... Uh, any news media on the condition of the child that was stabbed last week. Well, I know this, the parents put out a statement this morning to say uh, the young five-year-old was a fighter. So by that account, I can only assume um, that she's still in the same critical condition, but no worse or no better. Nuala Nolan says, uh, what would more Gardy do when most crime is committed by those out on bail? Justice delayed is justice denied. The court system is dysfunctional, so extra Gardy won't solve anything. 
Well, it does solve a lot of things because Gardaí on the street basically is a presence on the street which deters crime. It's a well-known fact in most countries in the world, so of course it would make a difference. It is shocking that we have a Minister of Justice who is heading tomorrow to the Dáil to face a vote from her own peers who she knows will all vote for her. Uh, the majority of them are going to vote in favour of her. She's not going to go anywhere. We're going to be stuck with her for another year. Now, that's all well and good. And people say, well, it's only 12 more months, at least, anyway, till we have an election. But realistically, look at the damage that's been done to this country in just one single year. So you can imagine what another year of that is going to be like with the same Minister for Justice. A Minister for Justice who has no balls, who can't stand up and defend the people when they turn around and say, we need an immigration debate. We need a debate on hate speech laws. We need to debate a lot of things. She's not willing to listen to anybody. And that seems to be the general consensus for most people. She is just not willing to listen. Like most government ministers at this very moment in time. I have to say it's quite shocking and quite disturbing living in a country where as soon as you stand up and disagree with a government policy, you're called right wing. People are not right wing. People are just people with opinions. I could say the same thing about the left wing. There are left wing people out there who are absolute head cases, but we never refer to them as left wing or any kind of demeaning terms like that because we want to listen to them all the time because they're usually NGOs who are costing the state six billion a year of your taxpayers' money. Anyway, you can make what you want of us. Don't forget, we would ask you to support the show. Every day, of course, we do this and we give you an opportunity to come on the air and have your say. And I know I'm like a broken record saying it sometimes, but it's really, really important. Thank you to everybody, by the way, who donated towards us. Donations are really important to help us to continue what we do. Subscriptions to our website are really important to help us continue what we do. It's the price of a pint of beer, five ninety nine a month. That's a pint of beer between three of us who work for free. And we are working for free. The money that we get, we put towards the show. The cost, the lighting, the electricity, the internet, the hosting service, the ups, uploading the podcast, all that kind of stuff costs money every single month. So we don't make any money out of it. So we would ask you, please try and support us. If you can go onto our website and uh, pay for a subscription once a month or yearly, that would be wonderful. If you can't do that and you want to do a one-off payment or indeed you want to give us more, which would be so welcome, by the way, if somebody would just turn around and support us financially, please go to our website and click donate. You'll find it in the menu and just donate a payment. I would ask you to do it for us. And I hate doing this. It's not like me to, to come across as kind of begging or groveling because that's not something I do. We're all working in our own full-time jobs to try and keep this going because we want to make sure that you have an outlet other than the mainstream media outlets that you have currently, which will censor everything that's said. We want to give you the opportunity to have your say, just like the 20 people who are on the air today. So please go to our website, nileboylan.com. That's nileboylan.com. If you can please go there and either donate or subscribe, we'd really, really appreciate it. Also, if you can't do that, and I understand because there's a cost of living crisis at the moment, and I understand people's money is short, particularly coming up to Christmas. If you can't do that, the one thing I'd ask you to do is share it with a friend. So share a link to the website or to our Twitter account or Facebook page with a friend. Just tell a friend about the show. Give a friend a call right now and say, listen, have you heard the Niall Boylan show? It's on live, Twitter, Facebook, every single day. Go to his website, nileboylan.com. You can watch all the previous interviews. So please support the show and continue to do that for us. Thank you very much. I'll be back again with you tomorrow at 12 until, oh, I've been told to remind you, by the way. Yes, sorry. If you do subscribe to us and you do share it, and we know all about you because we obviously see it on the website. We've got one of those mugs, by the way, the smug mugs to give away. See one of those? 
We give away one every single day. To those, by the way, we're still waiting for them. They are in the post. You will get them. Many people have got them already. We'll put up a load of photographs very soon of people who have got those mugs and they love them to bits. So if you want one of those mugs, subscribe, tell a friend or donate. All right? And we give away one every single day. Thank you very much to everybody who supports the show. We shall talk to you again tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms. 